Firecast, a podcast from MDM Publishing, brought to you in association with International Fire Protection Magazine, the global voice for passive and active fire protection. Hello and welcome to this Firecast, where we discuss meeting critical demand globally during these uncertain times. Now, fire suppression, as an essential global industry, is faced with some unique opportunities to meet the emerging requirements and future challenges of this rapidly changing world. TLX Technologies continue to move forward with new product development to meet the needs of the current and future fire suppression industry. So let's find out what they're up to. And I'm really pleased to be joined by Business Development Manager at TLX Technologies, Jason Busalaki. Jason, thank you for your time today. Uh, So because of COVID, the way in which we usually collaborate and learn about new innovations in the fire suppression markets has had to change. What do you see as the biggest challenges facing the fire suppression industry right now? Well, if it has to be directly related to COVID, the, my, my immediate answer would be that as far as TLX is concerned, when bringing out a new product, right, our, our biggest wins during the course of the year is unveiling at trade shows. So we do a lot of marketing all year round in advertisements, publications, and the like. But without actually seeing a tangible product, it's very hard to get people to understand what it is that we're actually doing. So some of these products that we're coming out with, they're advancing technology. And people look at prints and such, but as I said, unless they have something in front of them, it's very hard to talk to the product because it's you know a picture's worth a thousand words, as they say, but having something in your hand gives you a better understanding of what you're looking at. And so besides the challenges with not being able to be in front of people, it's difficult to move people into a new product technology. Fire suppression in and of itself is a very slow moving industry and technology doesn't get incorporated very quickly. So without having something directly in front of somebody, whoever the client may be, it becomes very difficult for them to feel good about advancing a technology that they haven't had a chance to lay their eyes on. So what are you doing about it and what's the industry doing about it? At this point, it's it's kind of tough to say because we're only really about you know two months into the COVID-19 shutdown within the United States. So for us, we're doing a lot of marketing. I'm contacting customers directly. We may be able to have conference calls or Zoom meetings to be able to show them a tangible product, but all I can do is give them a relative size based on something that I'm holding up with my hand. Being able to advertise and really detail the technologies and what we're looking to offer at this point is the best that we can really try to do to get these new products to market. And don't get me wrong, it it certainly poses a challenge because if it was a technology that was an upgrade of current technologies, kind of like a, a new Windows software on that, that's on top of the last one or the last iPhone on top of the last one. Everybody knows what the iPhone is and the next version of it, people have a good understanding. But when you're looking at completely new technologies in the fire suppression market, it makes it difficult for people to make that leap. And of course, it's important because when you're bringing out new products and, and new solutions into the market that can make a, a big safety change, then it's important to get the message across. So are you 
confident that these adjustments will have a positive effect or at least to be able to maintain the effect as far as marketing is concerned of the new products when it comes to the future of the fire suppression industry? Well, I think a lot of that has been based on the work that we've done over the past four or five years. The fire suppression market is very small. There's not a lot of players in that market in any particular sector of it. So when it comes to component suppliers or system suppliers, you have maybe a few handfuls worth of them. And through the work that you do, you typically see the same people throughout you know, your endeavors, whether that's trade shows, conferences and such that you go to, and you continue to talk to these people, the same people very often, and you build a rapport with them and they understand what your company brings to market. If we were a new company, I think it would be even more difficult for us to get our product across, but because people have a trust and an understanding in TLX and the technologies that we bring as we started with actuation technologies and we're moving into more advanced technologies at the system level rather than just actuation, people have a, a sense of security with the business. And that's, and that's kind of what's driving it for us right now. And I guess the fact that you're doing this firecast today is a great way of reaching your customers and the market. Is this the sort of thing that customers and manufacturers have to do and collaborate together to meet the opportunities and the challenges that we're facing? I think that it's going to become more and more prevalent. I None of us really know how long any of this is going to last. So I think that there's going to be more of this. If, for instance, the Interschutz show that happens every five years in Germany, it was canceled this year due to COVID-19. And the reason it's every five years is, well, there are conventions that go on every year, like the Intersec in Dubai and the NFPA show in the United States. There isn't necessarily significant advancement year after year, but over five years there is. And to have, to have a show like that canceled and bumped back a year, it really puts a hindrance on what we're able to do as client and supplier. And I think that there, like you, like you had asked, I think there's going to be a lot more of this type of interaction to kind of meet those challenges. Okay, so we've set the scene on some of the challenges and some of the ways that instead of meeting people at shows, we're having different ways of interacting with people. So let's actually get on to what you're up to at the moment. TLX Technologies primarily produces actuators and solenoids for the fire suppression markets, and TLX has been heavily involved in developing products that meet NFPA standards that require supervision on actuation devices. So could you expound a little on the past work TLX has done in that area? And then tell me a bit more about what technologies TLX is currently working on to meet the changes and needs that you're seeing in the fire suppression markets at the moment. Sure. And I'll start kind of from the beginning. About 20 years ago, TLX got involved with a particular company to develop an actuation solution. And for a number of years, that was our primary customer in the market. In fact, it was our only customer. And about probably 10 or 12 years went by and we were approached to come up with an actuator that kind of, in a way, was a not necessarily a replacement, but an option with some of the other competitors in the market. And we developed an actuation solution for doing that. 
Well, within probably a year or two after the production of that device started, we were approached by one of our top clients and given the information that NFPA 2001 was open for discussion and one of the public commentaries was that many a times during the installation or maintenance phase of a system the actuator is removed and tested to ensure that the firing pin is still moving so that happens probably every six months to a year well one of the biggest problems within the field was that there was nothing telling the maintenance or installation personnel that that device had been removed so if that particular person was distracted at any point in time and maybe they went to lunch and they thought that they had commissioned the the system as it should have been and walked away from it, that solenoid or actuator was still hanging there. Well, in doing that, that renders the system useless because if you don't have that signal from the control panel to the actuator, your system isn't going to discharge. So we were requested that we come up with a solution for that ahead of time, probably about two years in advance. And what we did is instead of providing a secondary device for the system, we built the supervision switch directly into our product. So anytime that you thread or remove a coil or thread an actuator onto a discharge valve, there is an audible or visual signal at the control panel showing that person that that device has been removed. But again, instead of having to hook up a second set of wires that's on a secondary device, it was all built into our product. Whereas many of our other competitors came up with a secondary device. And in creating that newest, I guess, iteration of that actuator, it kind of put us a step above many. And over the course of time, through going to trade shows and doing publications, more and more people throughout the world came to us from probably about 2016 when that standard was required for NFPA. So we went from kind of a small player in the market with that device to becoming one of the world's leading actuator suppliers from that one product. And because of that, with the number of operating pressures throughout the gaseous industry, what we were able to do is scale that particular technology up to meet the demands of our customers' needs. So we have products that go on the 25 and 34 bar systems, and then we have others that are on 80 bar and even 300. Same technologies. Now, you mentioned technologies. The thing we always talk about is the Internet of Things. We talk about smart buildings and smart cities. So what are your trends towards those sort of aspects of technology into the future? TLX has developed as well as an explosion-proof actuator that we're now working on development for, what we call the TLX event recorder, a forensics log device of anything that happens to the actuator. So there's a built-in memory board that picks up on parameters that we can set depending upon the environment that the customer is putting the actuator into. So things like temperature parameters, shock parameters with three axis accelerometers, current and voltage parameters, the state of the firing pin, and whether or not that firing pin was either latched or fired in the mounted or dismounted position. So either in activation mode or in maintenance mode. And what essentially that does is it allows someone to come up with an external device if there was a problem at the system. 
and the actuator may have discharged for any number of reasons, whether it was that the signal actually came from the control panel or somebody bumped it with a forklift or there was a demagnetization because of extremely hot temperatures, things of that nature. And so you can actually go in and remove that data to give you what I would consider a forensics log. And in doing so, we can actually take that technology and build it into potentially a software platform so that people can monitor those systems remotely, which will be very advantageous coming along in the future to see the the system status from an external location. And that will play hugely into the post-COVID-19 market because with people, as you will be quarantined or sheltering or whatever that might be, the maintenance of those systems is still essential. But being able to do it from a remote location without extra personnel having to come into a building will very much help the industry get around those restrictions, if you will. Additionally, TLX is looking into liquid level sensing technology that we can electronically read where the status of the tank and its its agent is at. Things of temperature, leak rates, stuff of like what the fill still is in that tank and being able to monitor that without having to do it manually. Being able to push a button potentially and coming up with a readout of temperature, pressure, and then also the fill of that tank and being able to either take that information and move it into the event recorder that's on the actuator or taking both of those devices and transferring it to the cloud as well. So again, in the post-COVID-19 world that we may end up living in, we can monitor those systems remotely so that personnel can still do their job and ensure the safety of plant, property, people, and equipment. I'm going to bring in uh, Duncan White, who, as you know, is group editor of MDM Publishing. Uh, Duncan, You've heard all of this, which is fantastic stuff that Jason's been talking about. Uh, We've talked, Jason and I, about how marketing and promotion can take place at the moment where we can't meet up together. Listening to what Jason's been saying, what ideas have have you got on all of this? Yeah, I think we're going to uh, enter into some interesting times and uh, we're going to need to be thinking outside the box on how we achieve those same objectives that we're so used to doing from face-to-face meetings. Jason mentioned the, the five-year cycle of, of Interschutz and many companies plan their new technology and their innovations to coincide with, with these shows. One of the things that we're currently doing working with our trade show partners is bringing together virtual trade shows. So bringing together a number of different product stream, product lines, and working with manufacturers to provide a showcase for them to record webinars, record product showcases that will be available for anyone around the world to click on and almost see what the offerings are from the the people who they would have normally called by the booths to, to chat about. We'll also be looking to put together the ability for the the virtual customer to talk directly to people like Jason to get those questions answered that may not have been covered by the the generalism of the, the podcast or the webinar. Those things, using this new technology, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, etc., gives us that ability to 
to fill the void that the face-to-face opportunities that trade shows don't currently allow us in this COVID-19 environment? Well, one of my jobs and in one of your jobs as group editor, Duncan, is to ask the questions on behalf of the reader, the viewer, the listener. So I'm going to ask one more of Jason before we wrap up this firecast. And it's quite a simple one, Jason, but I'm sure everyone listening will want to know the answer, which is when will all these product innovations you've been talking about actually be coming to market? Well, the event recorder technology has been around for about a year and a half at this point. The question was always, at what level is that type of technology needed right now? Are we too far ahead of the game? Do we need to pare that down and have some of that technology available? And then kind of move back a little bit for a couple years and introduce a downgraded version of that type of technology to the market to move it forward because taking a huge leap like that might be very difficult for it to come to market. But like I said, that's been available for about a year and a half. And as the internet of things and remote maintenance has become a thing more and more, especially in about the last year or so, we're starting to see some traction on that. So that that's developed the liquid level sensing technology that we're currently in development on. We're probably I would say maybe by the end of the year or so away from hopefully having a solution that we can commercialize, it would just be based on what the agencies are going to require us to do and what you know, how much time that's going to take because some of those things can be a while. The explosion-proof device that we're coming up with now, which we feel is going to be quite a, quite a big breakthrough for the market, with the agencies, that stuff can take somewhere between 12 and 20 weeks just to do testing for. So some of that stuff can, can, can take quite a long time, but we're really hoping that by the time things kind of normalize, or at least you know, for the, the future predictions of what people think is going to be somewhat normal, is probably the next 9 to 12 months is what we're looking at, being able to commercialize and having it readily available for people to begin using. And then after our launch, it'll probably take some time for people to, or companies, in this case the OEs, to adopt those type of technologies onto their systems. So I said we had an expert on the program, and Jason Busalaki is definitely that. Duncan, uh, what are your impressions of, of what we've heard in today's Firecast? The points raised by Jason really touch on the issues that we're, we're seeing globally and also the level at which TLX are, are taking their products and uh, technology to the next level. I think that from a customer's perspective, where I go to purchase and procure my equipment, I'm looking to see the underlying principles that a company are using. And regulatory compliance is certainly one that uh, sits high there on the list of requirements. The ability for products to work in environments from either end of the scale, right to high hazard environments or general usage environments. System security, again, the ability to look and see that the system's going to be safe during its operating mode and having the ability for remote interrogation to see how uh, the system is providing the requirements. The power consumption, that is something else. We're looking in the environment these days and is looking at how we can have a, a positive impact on the environment that we live in. And by reducing the uh, requirements of power consumption within these in products is certainly something that needs to be um, given consideration. And 
the ability for TLX to make me something that I want for my system rather than having to take something that's been uh, put on a shelf for me. Duncan White is group editor of MDM Publishing. You heard him there and our guest on today's Firecast is Jason Busalaki, who is business development manager at TLX Technologies. And a reminder that TLX Technologies is interested in working with customers right now to develop the solutions they need for their current and future systems. So now is a great time to get a jump on the market. You can contact TLX today at firesuppression at tlxtech.com and ask questions or discuss your next project. They are here to help. That's it for today's Firecast. Join us again soon. Thanks for listening. Firecast is produced and presented by Paul Hutton and is an MDM publishing podcast in association with International Fire Protection Magazine.